Thank you, Taylor, for that uh, scripture reading this morning. We, I do appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, all our visitors, thank you all for being here. Um, it's good to see folks' smiling faces. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, and all those wonderful things. To all our visitors, thank you for taking the time to be with us uh, this morning. Um, if you would, um, we're going to um, turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you would, please grab a Bible, uh, grab your Bible, grab your app, uh, grab whatever it is, and uh, turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And while you're doing that, I'm going to read uh, a short story to help focus our minds this morning. It's entitled, uh, the author is unknown, uh, and it's entitled, Till We Part. It was a busy morning about 8.30 when an elderly gentleman in his 80s arrived to have stitches removed from his thumb. He said he was in a hurry as he had an appointment at 9 a.m. He took, so the nurse took his vital signs and had him take a seat, knowing it would be over an hour before someone would be able to see him. I saw him looking at his watch and decided, since I was not busy with another patient, I would evaluate his wound myself. On examination, it was well healed. So I talked to one of the doctors, got uh, the needed supplies to remove his stitches and, band and, and bandage up his wound. While taking care of his wound, I asked him if he had another doctor's appointment that morning since he was in such a hurry. The gentleman told me no, that he needed to go to the nursing home to eat breakfast with his wife. I inquired as to her health. He told me that she had been there for a while and that she was a victim of Alzheimer's disease. As we talked, I asked if she would be upset if he was a bit late. He replied that she no longer knew who he was, that she had not recognized him for five years now. I was surprised and asked him, are, are you still going every morning, even though she doesn't know who you are? He smiled and patted me on my hand. She doesn't know me, but I still know who she is. I had to hold back the tears as he left. I had goosebumps on my arm and thought, this is the kind of love I want in my life. True love is neither physical nor romantic. True love is an acceptance of all that is, all that has been, all that will be, and all that will not be. Peace is seeing in a sunset and knowing exactly who to thank. The happiest people don't necessarily have to be the best of everything, but they just make the best of everything they have. Remember, life isn't about how to survive the storm. It is about how to dance in the rain. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 through 29 tells us, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. And so this morning, I want us to turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 
as we talked about a few minutes ago, and read with me. Follow along as I read, rather. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, Brothers, we do not want to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Verse 14, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Verse 15, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel and the trump, trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And, we, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And verse 18, therefore... Encourage each other with these words. For the next few moments, uh, I want us to focus on the subject, Jesus Christ is coming to town. Jesus Christ is coming to town. Think of me, think with me. It is that time of the year, jingle bells are ringing. Mistletoes are, hang are, are hanging above the doors and the spirit of giving is at high proportion. Everybody is talking about peace on earth, goodwill, uh, to all men. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all thought about that all year long? 365 days of the year if we took that attitude. But Christmas comes but once a year and so does New Year's. All eyes were watching for that famous sleigh that was to come in the air with those flying reindeer led by Rudolph's red nose and jolly old Saint Nick at the reins. There's, there was great expectation for Santa Claus a couple of nights ago. All ears were listening, all eyes were watching, all hearts were pounding because Santa Claus was coming to town. But we want to bring our minds from that wonderful, joyous spirit to something spiritual this morning. And that is the fact that Jesus is coming to town as well. Because everyone is looking for Santa Claus and hardly anyone sometimes appears to be looking for Jesus Christ. We consider 25 December a great day. Well, the Bible speaks of its own great days in the Old and New Testament. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And you know the story. God said, let there be light, and there was light. I know it was a great day when God spoke the world into existence. Out of void, he brought creation to all things. It was a great day. It was a great day when God made man in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And every man knows it was a great day when God made woman. When he put man to sleep and thrust his hand into his side and took forth a rib and fashioned he a woman. That was a great day. It was a great day when he had brought vengeance to his people of Israel and caused them to be subjected to Egyptian bondage. After 430 years, God found Moses and spoke to him by a burning bush and told him to, to go down to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. It was a great day. 
It was a great day when they marched out of Egypt, when they went down to the borough of the Red Sea. While sensing life was about to come to an end, God delivered them. It was a great day when God talked to his servant Moses. God said, I want you to stretch out your rod. And God parted the Red Sea, and the waters were congealed on both sides. It was a great day. The Bible says that a great east wind came, and they, and they must have been hot in the desert, from the desert heat on that day, from a long journey that they had traveled to eat from Egypt to the, Red, to the Red Sea. But God was so good to his people on that day that he caused a cool breeze to come through and they went through that river air-conditioned. It was a great day. God made a way on that day. And calmly I say to you, I know it was a great day when Jesus rose from the, from the grave. He rose so that one day his people, people, we know as Christians, might also be able to rise and meet him in the air. That was a great day. And when you look at all these great days, all these significant circumstances, what can be any better than that? What can be more significant than that? Well, there's another great day coming. That, that day is going to be like no other day that you have, have ever known. That day is going to change life as we know it. I'm referring to the judgment day. Whether you realize it or not, Jesus is coming again. And the next time that he comes, he's bringing the judgment. On that day, it will be environmentally different. It is going to be a day that will defy atmosphere, hemisphere, stratosphere, and every other gravity-denying force on that day. Some don't want to believe it. But Jesus is coming again. Some don't want to hear it, but Jesus is coming again. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We sing and we get excited when we hear about Santa Claus. And I want to get us even more excited about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming to town. You see, because there is a big difference between Santa Claus and Jesus, plug those ears for the young ones. Santa's not real. I don't want to bust anybody's bubble, but Jesus is real. Santa, they say, will be riding on a sleigh, but Jesus will be coming with the clouds. Acts 1, verse 11. When we, when we, know, we know when to expect Santa. On the night of the 24th and the morning of the 25th, but no man knoweth when the Son of Man will come. Matthew 24, verse 36. And when Santa comes, it seems that nobody ever sees him. But John says in Revelations chapter 1, verse 7, when Christ comes, every eye is going to see him. So there is a lot of difference between Santa Claus and Jesus Christ. Maybe if we would remember that Jesus is coming to town, perhaps the drunkards would stop drinking. Perhaps the fornicators would stop fornicating. Perhaps the liars would turn around and start telling the truth. And perhaps the thieves would stop embezzling if they knew Jesus Christ was coming to town. Santa's list. Well, Jesus has one too. The major concern in our life ought to be about being on Jesus' list. Remember, there is the judgment. And the judgment suggests a judge. And the judge, a judge suggests evidence. And evidence suggests a verdict. And verdict may suggest punishment. Being on Jesus' list 
should be our focus as his children. Because the Bible says that Christ shall gather all the people together before the throne for God's separation. My friends, there is going to be a record turnout on that day. Everybody is going to show up on that day. There won't be a single excuse, a reason to call out because to your employer because you will show up. There will be famous folk there. The unknown folk will be there. All the living and all the dead will be there on that day. That means that Galileo will show up. But he won't need a telescope because we'll already be beyond the sun, the moon, and the stars. Thomas Edison will be there, but he won't need the light bulb. I found myself changing a light bulb early this morning, but I won't need to do that anymore because God will provide all the light energy in that city. Ben Franklin will show up, but God will provide all the power source that we need on that day. Alexander Graham Bell will show up, but he won't need a telephone because we'll be talking to God person to person on that day. On that day, we will see the Wright brothers, but they won't need their airplane because we will be flying already first class to see Jesus in the air. On that day, the police and the military will all show up, but we won't need our guns or our sticks because God is going to keep order in his city. On that day, the president and his cabinet will be there. The Senate and the House of Representatives, they'll all show up, but they'll be representing themselves on that day, hopefully with Jesus on their side. We won't have to worry about the government shutting down because we can't come to agreement on that day. The lawyer and his client will be there, but the lawyer will be trying to defend his own case. On that day, Judge Maybelline, Joe Brown, Mathis, Judge Amy, Judge Wapner in his retirement, they will all show up on that day, but God will hold the scaffold. On that day, even old Judge Ito will show up. If y'all remember him from the OJ trial, he, won't have, he will have his hands full, but it will be his hands full with himself. And for you hard workers, and for all that feel like you're overworked and underpaid, it is good to know that your employer will be there on that day. All transactions, however, will cease, and all business will come to a halt, except for that which is the Lord's. We will shut down everything else on that day, except for God's business. We get carried away sometimes with the rich and the smart and the famous. But Albert Einstein's going to be there. Oh, Donald Trump's going to show up. Howard, uh, Howard Hughes and Mrs. Onassis, they'll all show up and be there on that day. But the Bible says money won't buy your way into heaven. Your life had better be right with God. On that day, the students and their professors are going to show up. They'll all be there. And let me tell you, they're going to meet the real teacher. Muhammad Ali is going to find out who really is the greatest of them all. Stephon Curry, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Air Jordan, they're all going to show up, and he, and he will really have to retire. And he'll find out who really holds the air. Dr. J is going to show up, and Dr. Dre as well. But they're going to find out the doctor that never lost a patient and never lost a case. He will meet, he, Dr. J, Dr. J will, will meet who healed the blind, who caused the, line to, the lame to walk, and who raised the dead. And well, for some of you, I know you're not into all of that stuff. 
well for you ladies, the watch the TV stars and the soap operas. Well, on that day, both the young and the restless are going to be there. All of my children are going to be there. And there's going to be a guiding light, and the world is going to turn on that day. If you don't have time for God now, you will have time for God on the judgment day. Jesus' second coming is going to be good for some, and it's going to not be so good for others. Even old J.R. Ewing, for those of you all who used to watch Dallas, you might even hear him come in from, from, uh, from Dallas on that day. You might even hear someone say, here's Johnny, because Johnny's coming into town on that day. Bob Barker's going to find out that the price is right on that day. And on that day, Michael Jackson's going to find out who's bad. I ain't going to leave the young folks out either. Sometimes we seem that church doesn't necessarily apply to us, or we can't connect to it. Mr. Rogers and Steve Urkel are coming in that day. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is coming in that day. All of those people will be here on that day. And why do I say that? Because everybody is going to stand before the judgment seat of God. And he will be, he or she will be judged according to the deeds done in their body. Charles Darwin's going to find out. He's going to realize that he didn't come from a monkey. He might feel like a monkey, but he'll realize that he's one of God's great creations. And all of this is going to happen when Jesus Christ comes back to town. Will you be ready? That's the question at hand for each one of us here today. Will you be ready? Someone once said it this way, "'Twas the night before judgment, when all through the earth many creatures were stirring, full of laughter and mirth. The Bibles were dusty. From lack of care, nobody expected that Christ soon would be there. The children were out rumbling and not in their beds. They respected not their parents, nor did what they said. And Mama and Daddy, though not married at all, were dancing and drinking, really having a ball. When out in the sky there rose such a clutter, all ceased from their clamor to see what was the matter. The whole world's attention was gained in a flash, for the time had come for that old earth to pass. A light shone brightly from the earth below, but not from the sun, for it shined no more. When what to our wondering eyes should appear, riding on the clouds, the Son of God was here. The voice of the archangel had sounded to man, the Bible is true, he is coming again. More rapid than eagle, with ten thousand he came, and he spoke and shouted, and he called them by name. Now Peter, now Andrew. Now Simon, now John, now Philip, now Nathaniel, and all of Zebedee's sons. He hovered in the air, and forth came the call, resurrect, resurrect, resurrect all. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon was as blood, and the stars fell from the air. Men were running, hiding in the rocks with fear. They had not listened, the end is near. Those who had obeyed the gospel of Christ had those who had not obeyed the gospel of Christ had missed their chance for eternal life. Those who said there is no God would now feel the wrath of his chastening rod. All graves were opened as he stretched forth his hand. Now comes the time for the judgment of man. 
The dead in Christ met Christians who lived, knowing that now a crown of life he would give. Those, they rose from the air where, where that great meeting would be. But something was different, as each one could see. In only a moment, a twinkling of an eye, their bodies were changed as they ascended on high. That old tabernacle of flesh had been destroyed. A new body was given, one glorious like the Lord. To those, Jesus said, come ye, enter in. As my faithful disciples, I call you my friends. In the glory and presence of God, they dwelt. But what was the fate of the folk on the left? Those on the left had not been baptized. They had not prepared, had not God in their lives. They had not been added to Christ's one true church. They had only laid up treasures on earth. They had not been faithful in the service of God. And now, sad to say, eternal death was their reward. It is all up to you whether you are lost or you're saved. It might all depend on the choice you have made. But don't take a chance. Now is the time to make it right. For you, d you don't know judgment might come now or tonight. So you know what you need to be saved. The Bible tells us in the scriptures what you must do to be saved. It tells us in Acts 15, 7 that we must hear the gospel. We must hear that Jesus Christ lived. He was born. He lived. He died. He lived a perfect life. And that he rose again on the third day and he sits on the right hand with the Father. You must believe that. Mark 16, 16, you must repent of your sins. Acts 17, 30, confess Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God, and remain faithful unto death. Be baptized in Acts 2, 38, and remain faithful unto death. I have one more scripture that I want to share with you uh, today, and I'd like for all of you to turn. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. And the lesson will be yours. Revelation chapter 6 talks to us about opening the seven seals. In verse number 9, which we're going to get to in a few moments, it says, when he opened the fifth seal, well, who is he? If you go back to verse 1, it gives us a little light. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. And seals 2, 3, 4 talk about the, uh, some horses. Four horses, to be quite frank, and I challenge you to go home tonight and study those four horses. I'll talk a little bit about the fourth horse, verse 7. It says, when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. I looked, verse 8, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. The first horse was a white horse. The second one was a fiery red one. The third one was a black horse, and now we're talking about a pale horse. Its rider, the Bible says, was named Death. And Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. In verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, who's he? We know that to be the lamb. Who's the lamb? The lamb, Jesus Christ. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Verse 10. They called out 
in a loud voice. How long, sovereign Lord, holy, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? So they ask a question, how long is it going to be until you judge the earth? In verse 11, then each of them as, uh, as, then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer. So they said, wait, until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as, as they had been uh, was completed. Verse 12, I watched as he opened the, fifth, the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, verse 13, and the stars fell from the sky to earth as, light, as, as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. Verse 14, the sky receded like a scroll, rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Verse 15, then the kings of the earth, so all the folks that we talked about are going to be there, we can see here in the scriptures it written. Then the kings of the earth, it says, the kings of the earth, the princesses, the princess, the princesses, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Verse 16, they called to the mountains and the rocks. This is how bad it was. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? The answer to that question, who can stand? None of us can without Jesus Christ. The message is yours this morning. If you have any need to come this morning, please come as we together stand and sing.